Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Good evening! (laughs) Welcome to Take 3 of Season 2, Episode 46. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. I am joined in the virtual studio tonight by Tim Cheesebrow and Cricket. I I had my new one Moose with me, but Moose just is not studio trained yet. So Moose went back upstairs and now we got Cricket, who seems very vocal. Kind of sounds like a Cricket. Yeah, yeah. He chirps. He's a good little guy. And he's the one that, like, I got him from the pet shop a little over a month ago and he was almost like totally naturally tame. He'd never been handled or anything. He's very trusting, and he just kind of hangs out and does his thing, and really happy little guy, so he's hanging out. So what do we got tonight, Tim? What are we starting? Well, I think this is the beginning of November. We're going to touch on a bunch of topics that are weird or gross or, you know, something you just look at and go, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, nope-worthy. And different levels of nope worthy there's different things people say nope to and sometimes it's from preconceived ideas or something they don't understand or they saw it in a movie once and we're here to do some myth busting and maybe even you'll discover some stuff that you're going to be like nope not interested in that <laughs> maybe it'll open up some yeah i'm not i'm not going to go in that direction or maybe you'll be interested in something that you we're nope about. So let's let's dive right in. What's our first nope topic? Well, I think let's do a couple things. Let's do nope perceptions from outsiders into the occult, and then a couple of things that occultists seem to say nope about. We'll go kind of both ends, both sides of the coin. Well, I, I would say diving into that first one, the one that I think I I had the hardest time getting over that hump was the word occult talking to people about it and using that word to describe yes yes and many people have that problem mostly because other people hear the word occult and they go nope i don't yeah. think so and uh, you know what way back way back the very beginning of the podcast and we have had so many new listeners see crickets very excited about this we've had so many new listeners and i know not everybody goes back to the beginning and like marathons that some people just jump in when they find it and there they are from henceforth you know but if anyone is interested go back to february 9th 2021 and that was season one 
technically episode one. So we started out with a trailer, then I had a pre-episode and episode zero and episode one. So episode one was actually episode four. So listen to that one. It is, what is the occult? What is magic? And answers to other pressing life questions. And I'll put a link to that down in the show notes. But it was a really good starter topic on what is the occult? And no, it is not the same thing as a cult. A cult is two words. A space C-U-L-T. And we're about the occult. O-C-C-U-L-T. And you do not have to join a cult to study the occult. Yeah. In fact, the word occult does have a modern day scientific usage. Well, several of them, but uh, the one you'll most likely encounter out in the wild is describing a moon or, you know, what the moon does during an eclipse. Like one one astral body occults the other. Uh, I've and, heard of that. And yeah, it is so, it is hiding. It is shadowing. It is that which is hidden. And that's all it means. It means yeah. uh, the occult just means knowledge that was kept hidden. Or hidden uh, knowledge. An occultist is a seeker of hidden knowledge. A lot of people subscribe to a religion at some point in time, and they have their rules and their reasons for having their rules and their ways of doing things. And they hide stuff from their congregations because, well, if the congregation knew that stuff, they wouldn't need the church, probably. So to me, that's half of the reason why some of the information is hidden is just kind of be able to control what people do and don't know. Right. And and that that process within a religion is usually concealed by way of initiation. So you've got what you call exoteric knowledge and esoteric knowledge. And exoteric knowledge is what you get if you are a congregant of that religion. Esoteric knowledge is what you get if you're on the inside, if you're on the in-group, if you are an initiated member of the clergy, then you get the inside scoop. And that's esoteric knowledge. And as occultists, we're looking for the esoteric, the insider knowledge of the universe without having to subscribe to any religion. And so that's you know, that's pretty much what it is. Why and, and that, that knowledge is kept hidden because of that relationship. It got that name, but then it, you know, in the Middle Ages it took on a different term and it was kept hidden because if you practiced it, people would kill you. Even today, people think a cult means double <laughs> And uh you know, that just isn't the case. It's not devil worship. It's not evil. And most occultists I know subscribe to higher morals than a lot of people that ever did in churches I attended, to be honest. That's why when people when people ask me, like, well, the occult, man, is that is that like <laughs> And I'm like, no. You know who really actually believes in the devil the most? It's Christians. The funny thing is that when you when you get outside of that religious circle, you realize that occultists really don't believe in the devil. And even people that belong to the Church of Satan are mostly atheists or agnostics who don't believe in Satan at all. And uh, I just find that to be hilarious. Well, you know, what was really interesting is I'm trying to think early to late 20s. I had, you know, this real conflict in myself with the church and how my mom had really shoved it on me and stuff. I wasn't following any belief system there for a while. 
So I was just kind of viewing stuff almost like an outsider. And I started noticing how much emphasis my mom would put on Satan and the devil and Satan and the devil. And it's like, wow, you really give Satan a lot of attention. Like for somebody who claimed to praise God all the time, I heard her talk about Satan more than I heard her talk about God. Yeah, that is a. And I I started thinking, well, isn't that funny? Because what is the most bare basic level of worship? And it's, you know, focused attention, basically. (laughs) Well, and I think you got to start questioning a group, whatever group you're a part of, if they start defining themselves by what they are against instead of what they're for. And that's one of the things that I think was really enticing about the occult to me is that everybody was very forthright about what they were for like they wanted to be better they wanted to like you said they wanted to ascend they wanted to refine their soul they wanted to they were searching for a way to do that and it was was like it felt really honest to me Um, and i think when you start getting into decent groups on like facebook or something and you're looking for others that are kind of the same level we've all been there If you're in a really good Facebook group, people are going to help you structure your magic. And the people that have been doing it a little bit longer will issue very kind food for thought and reminders to keep in check how your magic is going to affect others and truly what are you after, things like that. So you start getting really conscious about if you do this, how will it affect other people? And how are you going to structure your magic to not, you know, have a negative bearing on people, but just a positive bearing on your life? I think that's where a lot of uh, occult gets its, you know, negativity, too, is the people that are kind of reckless. And honestly, those people are not the majority you're even close to. Mm -mm. Um, And even when I was kind of dabbling in Wicca, Wicca has very, very high standards on when you practice magic. It is harm none. And you have to think your stuff out to make sure that you truly harm none. And that's witchcraft. You know, so there's a lot of bad reputation. So a lot of outsiders hear the word occult witchcraft and their first knee-jerk reaction is nope uh nope but you know with the exception of a few individuals i mean i think the majority of the people that i have met in the occult and witchcraft community have been some of the coolest people i've ever met and they you know they seem to be more in touch with themselves and comfortable with who they are and more aware of the world around them and how they're a part of it than a lot of other groups of people that i know so I, I love being in a room full of occultists. They're they're generally good people. And I would say more occultists. Here's another nope thing that, yeah, it's just a misconception. A lot of people hear the occult, witchcraft, where's your head go? And we're going to cover this another direction of it in just a little while. You know, oh, there's animal sacrifices and all this. Actually, anyone in witchcraft, the occult, they're probably more compassionate to animals than any group of people at all. So, no, it's not about killing things or. No, no, you no. Know. If you look at the roots of the Abrahamic religions, like there is a lot of stuff in the Old Testament about yeah. sacrifices and how Creepy. to. Perform them. And, you know, 
if you want this to happen, if you want to save your city, you have to sacrifice 600 goats. I mean, it was sacrifice was gruesome. a part of the system gruesome. too, and, and not in a small way. Yeah, gruesome, really. But that's also, you know, we don't want to say that Christians are bad. We're not. No. We're not. Trying, we're not trying to provide a. Con, we're not trying to provide a dichotomy that doesn't exist. Well, and a, even in modern times, like there's a lot of occultists that would say nope to anything that's got a cross on it. And here's the really the the dirty truth about religion is it's always complicated. It's always been a little of this and a little of that. There is no pure strain of religious thought anywhere in the world. And even if you go back to any of their roots. They all got their ideas from somewhere else. So, you know, we've mentioned, I've mentioned this. I think you and I have talked about it. The first time Balkhead Moon was on, we talked about it. One thing a lot of occultists say with nope towards the Christian religion is they find out some other occultists use the Psalms to do magic. And they're like, nope, that's Christian. I'm not going to have nothing to do with that. Angels, nope, that's about god and christianity and i won't have okay just because one religion acknowledges certain things like uses certain scriptures or acknowledges the existence of angels does not mean those things are specific to that religion so if you had bad experiences or negativity associated with that religion those concepts are not exclusive to that religion you can still tap into those and use them for yourself you don't have to be part of that religion to use the psalms or to use angels absolutely and and remember uh, the psalms are jewish and the concept of angels is more Assyrian, Mesopotamian, Babylonian, that area. Like it, the idea of angels predates Christianity, Judaism, Islam, all of it. You would be surprised. I have been in a couple of different demon groups and stuff, and it just never ceases to just amaze me the people in there that'll go, I'll never work with an angel. Are you kidding me? I don't want nothing to do with that church crap. And it's like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. And and these people may have been genuinely hurt by the church and yeah. this is their way of fighting back or, or whatever. And I you know, I get that. I was angry too at, yeah. at one point about the things that I was taught to believe that were just objectively untrue. But I still hold on to some of that. I mean, you, you know, I lived at a monastery for a while and mm-hmm. and uh, that's that was like a, a very formative part of making me who I am right now. And every day I wore a medal of St. Benedict because I went to a Benedictine college. I felt a spiritual connection and I made some personal revelations there that are meaningful to me. And therefore I feel like I've got kind of a, I've got, I've got a one-on-one relationship with St. Benedict that transcends all of that stupid crap that I had to go through. I think, I think it's good to interject right here that anyone that has had that currently, I should say, anyone that currently has a negative knee-jerk reaction to stuff probably has had some kind of negative experience from a family member or a friend or situation or something regarding a church-type situation. And I think it's very natural and very human to swing as hard as possible in the other direction for a while. You're going to have the experience and then you're going to go in the opposite direction as hard as possible and you're going to reject anything that you associate with that. So if it was a Christian religion, you're going to reject anything you associate with the Bible or what's in the Bible. And 
it's okay to loosen up on that. You can still have a problem with your past and sort that out, but it's still okay to explore and realize that you don't have to embrace that anymore. Absolutely. I mean, as part of my journey, I went Unitarian Universalist for a while, and then I kind of went full atheist, mostly because I was angry at God for the suffering in the world, and I couldn't reconcile that. I think a lot of people get stuck on that particular point. But interestingly, delving into what those traditions would call the black arts is the place where I found God to be most real and active and part of my life. And I I swung hard the other way, and then I came back super hard the other way because I found a genuine connection here. And without all the trappings, you know, of all the, like the stuff that made me mad was explained. Like there is a, there is an explanation in Kabbalah for evil in the world and it, it makes sense. And it, it was enough that I could accept that explanation for the existence of evil in the world that allowed me to go, all right, this is a, this is a spiritual path worth pursuing. Right. And so, you know, I think when it comes to something, if you're a really hardcore knee jerk, nope. I think it was the meet and greet episode. I talked about how I used to be a bodybuilder and it may have even been in the occult episode in the gym. A lot of times there's always a machine or an exercise that people would avoid like the plague. They just wouldn't do it. And usually they would not do it because they didn't like doing it because they had a weak muscle and it was hard for them to do. So they would avoid it. Well, that's usually the one we have to work on the hardest. And I find that the same is, is true in life in anything. If we're avoiding something, a lot of times we need to look at it and see why we're avoiding it. And if you're somebody that's having a knee-jerk reaction, take a look at why you're having that nope moment with something. It doesn't mean you have to embrace it a thousand percent for the rest of your life, but maybe it means that you just need to get a better understanding and that you're on the wrong path with your ideas or something. And you could find it very interesting or even beneficial to learn. So Mm -hmm. I do encourage anyone In the occult, like if you're having a hardcore nope on angel work or a hardcore nope on psalms work, ask yourself why you're against it. It might come from your past. It may not have anything to do with the magic that it is. You just may have a very bad limiting thought process on it. And it's really great to break free of that. Yeah. I mean, why would you want to be shackled by anything, let alone your own self-imposed limitations? Yeah. Get rid of those. There's a lot of groups out there. You you may run across five or six just nope groups. The, the sour mentality, they just don't have their poop in a group. They don't know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're in the wrong concepts, the wrong frame of mind, toxic people. Magic groups out there are just, they can be really wonky. They can be full of really wonky ideas. I was in one that sounded really great for a while and the administrators wouldn't let anybody post or comment at all. (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) what is the point of this? It was all about them. So, I mean, some of those are a nope group. That's just an ego-based group. So, I mean, you know. There's also the the nope groups where you got people who are, and this happens, I find, mostly in ceremonial magic groups where people get so hoity-toity about their knowledge that if any noob comes in there and asks a question, people just 
descend on them like flies and berate them for not reading an effing book and or well, not going back and reading every post and doing a search to see if it's ever been asked before. I've been in groups like that and they'll tear you up. If if that is your experience, get out. Just say nope. <laughs> see, yeah, Birdie agrees. Out. The correct response is, how can I help this person? Another thing to say nope to is if you're in groups and you're you're asking genuine questions and people start making fun of you, you know, just totally putting down your reason for asking or anything. If if people are totally making disrespect out of other people or you or anything, that's a nope group. So just exit that. But, you know, I want to get back on track on one big thing that I see a big nope on in the occult a lot. And it's usually with the newbies. So probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast might have a big old nope going on with this. And there's a misunderstanding with a word. And that is demons. The original word demon just meant spirit. In fact, Angels, at some point in time, were all called demons. Spirits, they're very generically referred to. And there is a definition, modern day, of evil entity. And there are evil entities out there that you don't want to mess with. Just don't go there. But for our intents and purposes, when you're out there in the occult, you're learning, you're trying to find your groove with magic, and you hear about demons of the Goetia. That's why I always call them spirits of the Goetia. I'm trying to... Switch that around a little bit to the more positive. They're not evil. They're not going to backstab you. They're not going to eat your soul. They're actually a different type of category of angel. A lot of us have been figuring this out for a long time. And they're very beneficial. They'll, they'll help you. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at some of the older texts, you'll even see the uh, the 72 angels of the Shemhamaphrash referred to as the 72 geniuses. And then you'll see the 72 demons or daemons of the Goetia referred to as the 72 intelligences. And this is basically what this it's showing us the difference between the entity's functions without putting a value statement on whether they're good or bad. Because the way that I heard explained in the past is that both these entities have vast amounts of knowledge and experience that they can help us with, but angels are the wisdom and the daemons are the intelligence. So if you're a D&D player, think about your character sheet and <laughs> angels have a high wisdom, demons have a high intelligence, and that's how they help us in different ways, cloaked in metaphor maybe. Think of the way a wise person quote-unquote talks and an intelligent person quote-unquote talks, and that is the difference in how those two beings communicate. So one thing I was going to say is like, first off, if you're really freaked out about the word demon and you're just, you're trying to figure out your magic path, if it ain't something that's jiving with you, don't do it. Just say, nope, it's okay. You don't have to do it just because other people do. Now, sure, there's going to come a time you're going to get curious. You're going to work with them. All your fear is going to go out the window because you're going to realize it's just not what you thought. And that's kind of a really fun aha moment for any occultist out there. But we all got to get to that point at our right time. And 
one thing I was going to say is if anyone is kind of approaching that point where you've been nervous, but you're kind of like, okay, this isn't so bad. I guess people wouldn't go to them if it made their heads explode and they ate their souls and stuff. (laughs) I mean, if that was happening, we wouldn't go to them and use them, right? So at some point in time, you're going to have this kind of aha moment. You're going to get curious about using them. One really great book that will introduce you to the spirits of the Goetia is by Tristan Whitespire, and it's called Goetic Words of Power. And the only uses he has of these 72 spirits are the positive uses, nothing negative, nothing attack related. He has found the most positive uses and the most uplifting uses. It's an amazing book. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely one in my collection and one that I refer to often. And I think it is underrated because, well, quite frankly, it just doesn't have that kind of factor, you know? Set yourself on fire. Wait, that that means something different, I think. Be a dark magician badass. Let me just throw it out there. I I have never met a dark magician that is also a badass. Um, I've met a lot of dark magicians that are extremely silly to me. I don't remember where we were going with this before we did that. <laughs> Set yourself on fire. <laughs> So before you set yourself on fire, literally or figuratively, realize that the spirits of the Goetia, they don't ask those things from you. I mean, one of those, one of the things that I, I, I see in these groups that are super badass is that they tend to focus on you have to sacrifice your own blood or you have to make a soul pack. Um, you have to offer up your soul to Get, I'm telling you what, those people are crazy and they are like, whatever they're doing is totally unnecessary. You know, most of the time when I work with a demon of the Goetia, you know what I offer them? I play a song for them. I have coffee with them. Or like, I'll offer them a piece of chocolate. Yeah, um, so I've had meals. That's what they're after. They're, like, they don't want your soul. I think this is a really great lead in to another big big old nope for nope vember and that would be any let's let's talk more about the pacts and blood work and stuff like that because people are like freakish about that and that's a big nope for let's do that next week what do you think sounds good so but yeah you know what people if you're a newbie out there and you're just trying to figure some of this out first off the word occult is not scary it just means hidden knowledge occultists are just seekers of hidden knowledge and if you're worried about words like demons here again we've found that demons of the goetia i call them spirits of the goetia they are another type of angel honestly and here we've mentioned this a couple weeks back the shem angels and the spirits of the Goetia, they each have their association with each other. The Shem angels are directly tied with names of God. So if 
the spirits of the Goetia were truly evil entities, they would not be directly tied with God aspects. I'm sorry, they just wouldn't. Right. And one of the age-old questions is, oh my gosh, are they offended by each other? No, they know each other. They're friends. Okay. Sorry, people. Sorry to ruin the image in your head, but they're all friends. They're not at battle with each other. It's not a badass thing. Sorry. You're not a badass if you call on a spirit of the Goetia. Now, it is badass to call them to help you along your merry way here in this meat suit on earth. That's what they're there for. That's badass. Now, you are not a badass for going to them. You're just asking them for a favor. Keep it in check. Yeah, that that, that would be another good nope. Is, yeah. Uh, is like a nope to your ego. Because as soon as you get to a part of a spiritual path where the goal is to acquire power for the sake of acquiring power, you, you've missed the train. You want to work on your own development and ascension, but acknowledge that you're a, you're a container for the power. The power is not yours. You're borrowing it for a time. It's yours now, and it will be something else's later. But you are not <laughs> like you are not a great badass magician, sorcerer, blah blah blah, mugwump blah. You're channeling all that. You're just you're all you're doing is being open and receptive and and learning to tap into the to the natural connections that we have with these beings. And then um, you're you're telling them what you need and what you need help with. And they're helping you because you asked. You have to ask in order to get their help. Right. So like you're not you're not a badass magician. You are a networking guru. Well, I, I mentioned this a while back. It was it when Miss Aida was chatting with us. I've had people tell me, Oh my gosh, you're such an amazing magician, Shasta. You can do all this stuff. It's like, I can't do it. Why do you think I can do this? If I knew how to do this stuff, I would have done it a long time ago. I would have done more than that. I just learned how to ask and who to go to to do the asking of. That's it. That's all there is. And I'm nothing special. I'm a spirit in a meat suit that needs help navigating this life here on Earth. And it is way easier when you have access to the books that we have today that make it so easy. Oh my gosh, a ritual takes literally a couple of minutes and it's nothing more than scanning a picture to connect you with a spirit somewhere on the other side so you can ask. It's not a hard process. It's a great time to be alive if you're going to be exploring how to make connections with the other side and how to find your way and how to explore all this hidden knowledge. You know, we have stuff at our fingertips for a low, low price of almost nothing that will help you get anything you want in this lifetime. And gosh, there is times in our recent history you could have gotten beheaded for that sort of thing. So really, people. Even though all we're doing is finding new and interesting ways to connect with the divine. Well, there's still countries that do that to people. So, I mean, we're still blessed no matter what. So, yeah, everyone, why don't we uh, invite you all back next week and we'll dive a little bit deeper into some nope topics. And we're going to come up with a few more nope topics and different directions of nope topics. Maybe Um, Maybe some surprise guests even. Yeah, yeah, we're working on that, too. So I guess really at this point, we should just wrap up by saying... Keep a smile on your face. 
keep up bouncing your step. Keep practicing your magic. And look at all of the things you say nope to. And is it reasonable? Do you nope what you're talking about? <laughs> hey, look into those nopes a little bit deeper and see if you find something interesting or maybe a misconception that you had. And hey, if you got one that you want us to talk about, write us either email or on Facebook. There's a the little message deal on our website. Yep. Um, randomillusions.com. And until next time, the bye-bye, 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 the Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random dash illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Twitter.com slash GOST Radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the GOST Radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up. Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow. Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.